I'm going to tell you this with elevation comes separation, period. Mm -hmm. That's that's ultimately the truth. You when you start getting around a great tribe, even though people fall off, good people come in. That point will happen where you're like, I'm not alone. I'm not completely alone. And in that quiet place, I really had to do some soul searching and make sure I knew exactly what I wanted and what I was doing. And then I became a lot more strategic with the kind of people that I was putting in my life in the first place. Empower You podcast is devoted to bringing real world wisdom and encouragement to our listeners. We discuss a multitude of life principles and the process from an economic, cultural, and societal perspective. We believe that through tough conversations and shared wisdom, we can pave the path and leave a ladder for the future. Subscribe to our channel and let us empower you. Y'all, we are live for the first time on Empower You Podcast. We're doing interviews a little differently. I told y'all I was trying to step my game up. Well, I was stepping my game up, and so I am. Um, Just integrating more tools to make the show and the podcast more engaging, more user-friendly, and um, more professional. I really want to uh, continue to deliver in a way that is top-notch. And so um, we stepping it up. So thank you all so much for being here. Truly, truly appreciate you all. Um, But let's get to this interview. Okay, so listen. All right. You may have read the title. Uh, The title is called I Am Enough. The whole concept of enoughness, right, is something we all intimately struggle with in some area of our lives. And it's just... We got to talk about it. We got to figure out what it is that is causing these roadblocks. Many times it's trauma or other things, and we need a safe space to do it. And we need someone who's going to be super genuine um, and who will help us get through these conversations with ourselves. And so today I thought there's just nobody better to talk about this topic than my good friend. And before I tell you who she is... Um, so I met August in, Ooh, like March. Um, and since then, you know, we just had a really great vibe. We were in a virtual, uh, event together. Um, and then later got to meet in June and she is just a powerful, incredibly honest, incredibly thoughtful and strategic human being. It's just like, you don't forget August when you meet her. Like, there's just nothing you could do to forget. And um, she is a business coach, uh, a mindset mentor, and has helped her clients do incredible things, make amazing money, and more than make amazing money, become who they are trying to be with that money, with that job, with that opportunity. And that takes a level of of being a vessel that is just so important and vitally crucial for self-development and so she is here with us so i want y'all to really like throw something in the chat or 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 clap your hands while you're watching this for my good friend august crenshaw how are you yay hey 
<laughs> I'm good. I'm happy. I'm excited to be here. Uh, thank you very much, you know, for everything that you said. And I'm honored to be here and talk about the, to- the topic at hand. And yeah, this is going to be a juicy convo. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm ready to get into it and feed your tribe, man. Absolutely. I appreciate you being here. I know you're super busy and you got people who you're helping yourself. So you coming and spending some time is really, really appreciated. So thank you. Uh, before we get started, before we roll into these questions and all the different things I want to ask you, um, Tell me a little bit about yourself, how you got started, what you're doing now, um, and what is the one thing you want people to know about you? Uh, absolutely. Well, I am August Crenshaw, a.k.a. Mrs. Raw, Real, and Relentless. Yes. Uh, that's a name that my tribe gave me, but it is the epitome of my full essence. You know, of course, I am a wife, I am a mother, but I am a creative I like literally a creative. You know how they talk about the war with entrepreneurs. They got so many talents. And so I can take on tasks like using paint or resin and and make things literally. I was a hairstylist actually for 20 years. I am highly intuitive, which is what took me on a journey completely out of my comfort zone. Got this wild epiphany one day. I was supposed to stop doing hair, go into jewelry design, move from St. Louis to another city, Houston. Knew nothing about it. And when I got there, I realized that my calling was to be a coach. And so I stumbled into these internet streets, not knowing anything, but my resilience and my relentlessness, I just, bam, I figured it out. Got a lot of ups and downs that I went through with trying to figure out how to make money online. It was not as easy as a lot of those six steps to six figure and six day coaches were trying to (laughs) finesse me with, Uh, but I'm here. You know, and I'm not just standing, I'm doing what I do and I'm helping other black women, you know, show up. And so the one thing I would want to be remembered for is the sister that helped black women truly be unapologetically authentic. I want to be known as the woman that dominated in that because I watch a lot of successful women damn near lose their hair because as they go to levels of success, they realize that it's still not fulfillment, whether it's a PhD, a job, success in their entrepreneurial endeavor, there is still a piece of our power that I feel that just gets neglected. And so we only show up so far and there's always a safety. Yeah. And I want you to bust through that ceiling. And that's what I want to be remembered for. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, that's a lot. I think when you talk about, you know, success as being more than just, um, you know, the amount of money that you get, but who you become. And sometimes you can get the money before you become the thing, before you become the person. And you can confuse the two and start thinking that your money or your, your monetary or possessions equate to the value that you bring into a room. And it's just not the same thing. And, and there's not enough of that that you see you know like everybody wants to stunt and talk about how cool they are but the reality is you know we have to be the person not just accomplish you know whatever get in the bag or whatever like that i think that is so incredible Ugh. facts real raw and authentic huh 
Yeah. Real thought. I am real raw and authentic, but my tagline is real raw and relentless. Real raw and relentless. I love it. Yes. That relentless piece is so important. So what is the first thing you think about, you know, uh, when you're thinking about enoughness for your clients or anybody? You know, what's the first thing you think about when you when you think about enoughness? When I think about the word enough, I think about just go. Like literally just go this, this, maybe this time last year, maybe a year and a half, year and a half ago, I actually spoke at a conference that was called you are enough. And I was like, you know what? Let me look up the definition of the word. You know how we know what a word means, but you yeah. still kind of feel compelled to you look at the actual denotation and it, and the definition of it, it really hit a nerve with me because it's as much as required. And so I'm as much as is required to do whatever it is I want to do, but most people, they don't jump and they don't do it. And I know that the reason why they don't beyond the trauma, the negative self-talk, you know, whether or not you were or were not raised that way is that a lot of times something pricks your spirit and you see yourself in the future. You know, you're supposed to be great. You know, you're supposed to get a degree. You know, you're supposed to start a business. You know, you're supposed to be a wife. I'm talking about this is personal, professional, whatever you think. But then you're looking all the way at the end result and you don't feel like you're enough. And you know what? Right here, right now, you may, let's keep it personal. Let's not even get professional yet. You may want to be a wife. You may see yourself as a wife but you don't feel like you're enough to be one. That's because you're already visualizing yourself married, sharing the bills in the house, but you have to move in such a manner right now, present yourself as being available and believing you'll attract the mate. You know, we don't even want to go through the processes actually, you know? So it's like, know it in your mind that you're enough, get out there and meet people, develop relationships, make sure it's the right person. And so that's what we we do. Same thing with the business. Oh my God, I should start my own business. And we see ourselves knowing that we're supposed to be multiple six figures, seven figure earners, and then we'll get scared and not jump because we don't know how to make seven figures today. You're supposed to start at your space of enoughness. And in enoughness right now, you have the ability to coach somebody. And you know what? You might only have three clients, but if you go all in with as much as what you have in you, those three clients are going to be transformed and you're growing, you're being while you're becoming. And so you'll be enough for this phase. And then you'll get to the point you mature, you can have 10 clients and you're enough for that phase. And so most of us, when we think I'm enough, you'll, you'll, you'll soup yourself up. I'm enough to be all of that thing over there, but it's not enough right now. So people don't want to embody the process. They don't want to enjoy the process and realize that there are degrees to enoughness. Yeah, there are degrees to enoughness. You said being while becoming. That is just a huge, I don't know, that's that's a huge like breaking point for me. It's, it's like being while becoming. Sometimes you can get so caught up, like you said, realizing you're like, well, I don't know how to do this today. It's just like, but if you continue to be, all of these other answers are going to come to you and be revealed. Oh, that's, that's strong. Oh my goodness. En- what did you say? Uh, enough meant, um, as much as, as is much, as required, as much as, much as, as required. required. So mm. think about it. I'm an, I'm old enough to vote. 
so that I am as much as in my age as is required. I am able to be a business coach. So that doesn't mean you have a hundred thousand clients, but right now you might only coach one person, but you're being that thing because you're enough right now. It's the unreasonable expectations and the faulty timelines that we put on stuff that makes us begin to examine ourselves as not being enough. You are dropping bars right now. You said faulty <laughs> timelines. Oh my gosh, I know about some of those, man. I tell you what, you put so many expectations on yourself and then you feel like you're not enough because in some frame, some time frame that you made up that it's not going to work or that it's not going to happen or that, you know, you're not worthy to keep on pushing and to keep on moving. I think that is just, that's so strong, you know, uh, oh my goodness. Can I, can I share something? Oh, absolutely. I did a talk at my family reunion. It was a virtual event. And one of the main people that is so active is my aunt Ollie. And she's almost 90 years old. And some of my other great aunts and stuff are there and they are upper seventies, you know, early eighties. So I'm 45. If statistically I live as long as my people are living in my family, I got a solid 40 years to go. So in the spirit of enoughness, with me being 45, it ain't gonna take me 20 years because I'm already successful in my business and growing. But let's just pretend I'm starting at square one. If it takes me 20 years to figure this thing out, I will be 65 years old, retirement age, when most people then end up going to get a secondary job because their retirement is not enough. If it took me 20 years to lock down entrepreneurship and gain financial freedom, the question is, would I be satisfied? And knowing that I still got another 15 years to go until I'm 80 or 20 years to go until I'm 85. To say that I did everything that was possible in order for me to experience the last part of my latter years, living and experiencing what freedom looks like, hell yeah, it's it's worth it. And when you stop thinking about things from just the scope of yourself, what have I left behind for other generations that are watching me that will see what I've done for my children and immediate family with raising their expectation by being the visual representation of what's actually possible. I mean, like, come on now, it's worth it. So you don't, yeah, you want to, you want to have a goal. You want to set timelines, but you don't want to be married to them. Cause you never know what's going to happen. And if you go all in, you might trick yourself and do it more expediently than you thought. If you're more into the process than you are the time frame. Ooh, Ooh man, that's, that's facts. I know, I know I'm, I'm a very um, impatient person at times. You know, I see things far out into the future and I don't, I often can be, um, a bit frustrated because I see things so clearly, um, so far in advance to where you're like, is this, am I just tripping or does this even exist? This seems like such a far out there thing to really believe about yourself or about what you're capable of. And so you start to look for signs everywhere for that event, not for the pieces that will get you there. You see what I'm saying? Oh yeah. Oh yeah, 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 you yeah. Know? That's 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 a, a very difficult thing for me. And so when you talk about 
you know, not being married to the timeline and understanding that it's all just a matter of progression. It's all just a matter of of moving through the process as you go, you know, and, and being while becoming. That is just that is just strong. What what if what was your breaking point? Right. Where did you realize that you had to be while becoming enough so that's there's 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 degrees in my life of when i've known i was enough Mm -hmm. you know but i I, like for instance when i was young i was in high school and i started doing braids and my aunt was like oh can you do my hair like that i was like yeah auntie it's gonna be 15 dollars for those dookie braids and she immediately She immediately pulled the auntie card on me, right? Like you gonna you gonna charge you gonna make auntie? Me pay. You go. And I was like, uh, yeah, because when I want to like buy a new shirt and stuff, I'm not gonna ask you to buy it for me. And you know, she was she didn't feel disrespected. I think she felt good. Like okay, then see, let exactly. me go ahead and pay you. So that spirit of enoughness to even be able to stand in that power when it's grown women right now, they got products and they're afraid to say what their price is. That level of enoughness was in me, you know, right then and there. But when I got into the coaching arena, that was a whole new level of the playing field for me. It was new territory. I didn't know what I was doing. My first major investment in a super high ticket mastermind ended up being a bust. I got kicked out because I couldn't afford the payments. And but I was relentless. Right. I'm going to figure this out. And so I was showing up and doing live videos and but I was still censoring my voice. And this will be part of the reason why you understand why authenticity is so important to me, because I was raised in a, you know, very devout Christian family. And every once in a while, I want to drop a shit, you know, or something, you know, out of my mouth. But I would still be presenting myself as professional and not being authentic. And I was wrestling with myself and I didn't even understand that. Mind you, I'm a hustler. I learned how to do webinars quick, do landing pages quick. And whether the marketing was faulty or not, I was out there doing, 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 but getting absolutely no results. And I remember one day just being so frustrated. And I told my husband, I was like, I'm a quit. I'm not meant to be a coach. And I don't know if anybody's ever experienced this before where you have said something that hurts you. And as soon as I said it, it's like my lips started quivering when I was trying to speak and justify why and tears started flowing down my eyes. And it was at that moment that I was like, that relentless spirit has to come up out of you because your soul is telling you, you don't have permission to quit. You, you, you left where you came from. You put it all on the line. You in foreign territory. You ain't got no family. It's just you, your husband, and these kids. You asked me what I want you to do with your life. I done shown it to you, and you don't have the audacity to tell me that you're going to quit. And I remember crying and then saying, okay, I'm not going to quit. I'm not going to quit. And I reached out to a girlfriend of mine that was watching my videos from high school. And I looked up at the sky. I was like, I'm going to be a coach, even if I got to get my first client for free. And I reached out to a girlfriend and I was like, hey, you know, I see you doing what you're doing with your business. You're looking for a coach. I'll coach you and and I'm a do it pro bono. And she said yes. 
and I had her sign a contract and everything. So she understood the parameters of how I wanted her to show up. And she started getting success within the first 30 days. She uh, did bake good. She went from like five clients to four clients. She got her first commercial contract in like 90 days of us working together. And then going to uh, Toastmasters, one of the ladies said, what do you do? I want to take you to lunch and take you to lunch meant I want you to, I want to hire you. Then after her, I started meeting people at networking events and, you know, the lady was like such and such, you know, said that I need to work with you. And then I finally launched a program at the end of the year, got my first four people to enroll and the rest of it is history. But I got that momentum and that traction. And that's why I always ask people, what's your breaking point? Because actually your breaking point, if you're wrestling with showing up, is the opportunity for the enoughness to be revealed. And so without care, you know, David Kim, Dennis Kimbrough asked a question on a video around the same time frame. He was marketing the wealth choice um, that his his book after he wrote Think and Grow Rich, a black choice. And the marketing said, what do you love enough that you would do it for free? And I believe that subconsciously, that's what made me reach out to my friend and be like, I'm going to do this, even if I got to coach you for free. And spiritually, I think I just put a ripple in the atmosphere and I started showing up and whether I did or didn't want to cuss or show up this way or that I was like I'm just going to be me and authenticity that's a whole nother story with how it really came to life but that's what gave birth and I started paying attention to it and all of the women that started coming to me and I was like oh I had to break through so I could help them break through and it's been a cornerstone of my business ever since hmm that's so you said I don't have permission to quit oh that hit hard because I think a lot of times we try to give ourselves out and I know for myself I've reached different points where I'm like you know maybe I should do something different you know I should you know but none of it feels right none of it does none of it the 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 trying to fit in and the trying to to modify none of it feels right and all of it just continues to remind you that you're not who you are meant to be you know you're supposed to be exactly where you are in in full enoughness for exactly where you are you're gonna learn to be enough for your next level at your next level you know yeah. but at the level you at right now you're enough for it and then you know what i mean so yeah, that is heck just, that's 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 powerful oh my goodness listen if you're watching this live stream i want you to click like and click share share this with somebody who you know needs to be reminded that they are enough somebody who is maybe at their breaking point and they don't know what to do um tag them in the video or or share the video like share all of that uh, my next question for you, you know, is, is, you know, in the midst of, of the success that you have, in the midst of the growth that you've experienced, in the midst of your success, there is definitely still something, right, that you have to struggle with, that you have to continue to remind yourself, that you maybe have identified as being the trigger that, that makes you doubt your enoughness. How do you deal with that? There's people who like, they're like, I'm good 80% of the time. But man, when I run up into this right here, it's just, it's just difficult for me to overcome. When I run into, you know, when I have these kind of conversations or I'm around this person or this family member get to talking, or I talk to my parents or somebody or your spouse, and it, it just 
kind of makes it a faulty sense of enoughness. It challenges uh, and makes you doubt yourself. What about your life makes you feel that way? And how do you get over it? The first thing I'll say is this is don't be a lone ranger. The second thing I'll say is have definiteness of purpose. And the reason why I say don't be a lone ranger is because even with me seeing what I see in myself, I'm a confident woman. So I see myself at a very high standard. But when I am involved in working with a coach, if I'm in a mastermind group, then the responses from the people and the expectation of the circle that I'm around to see the greater version of me then requires me to raise up a level. Yeah. So like, for instance, when you and I, you know, met at the boot camp, remember, I was one of the people that was selected to get the deep dive and the deep dive. I'm, I mean, I'm going to be vulnerable. Yeah, I was yeah. just real with, you know, I was like, this is how I feel. This is what I'm thinking. And I was challenged on my pricing. I was challenged on my mindset. And so that's something else that everybody has to realize that the issue with knowing you're enough, it never goes away. Every time you go, you're being while becoming. Every time each new reiteration comes, it's going to be like, oh, wow, can I do this? The difference is, is that it'll become more of a fleeting thought or it'll be something that you conditioned your mind to say, yeah, of course I got this. And so I remember I, I, I told I told Marquell, I said, I'm going to stand on it. I got a new client that's supposed to be signing up and I had already talked to her. I left her a message and I was like, hey, when you come back, my rates is double. Now, I did what I said I was going to do, but that doesn't mean I didn't have like some at the pit of my stomach saying, who Lord. And I'm like, man, you know, like, is she still going to say yes? But not only did I sign her, I signed somebody else. But had I not had that conversation, had I not had someone else challenge me in such a very cavalier way, I probably would have still been charging the other price point. And I would have been like, but I'm good though. Cause you know, some people can't make this money amount of money I'm making for one month off this one person in two weeks of working, you know, so I'm good. But that wasn't the question. The question was about what's the value that you bring to the table. Yeah. And so not being a long ranger and be, and you can't just pick any crew. You got to be with another crew of people that, you know, embarrass you a little bit. So on one hand, I'm excited and I love being in the group. You know, I love what I bring to the table, but I'm a little self-conscious sometimes. You know, I want to make sure that my game is on point. Even when I'm showing up boldly, I'm like, man, am I talking with the right kind of mindset or do my mindset got to elevate a little bit more? It makes me raise up in degrees. And so constantly being around people that give me permission to be greater reminds me to keep going up. And so I'm always, you know, filling my head with information, reading, meditating. I am intentional about raising the vibration of myself so that being enough is not a trigger for me. But when it comes up, it's like, oh, okay, next level. Yeah. That's that's where that's where I'm at. Oh, that is so good. When you talk about, you know, being in environments that remind you um, that, you know, one, you got work to do, but then two, that you deserve to be here. You know what I yeah. mean? Like it, I am sh- always a lone ranger it, to, to my detriment. Sometimes it helps me do things because I just have learned to protect my intellectual property. But I'm as I get older, I'm like, bro, you need 
you need people you need to be in environments that inspire you that's not all dry you know like you can think yourself into circles and never arrive at the uh, at the enoughness you know you oh, get yeah. caught up on the, the the look the logistics the the timing the the obstacle you never get quite to the enoughness though and being around other people who will challenge you because they see where you got stuck you know and that is vulnerable that is that you know i think maybe part of being enough is being vulnerable enough to 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 be yourself you know but it's owning your story though when you're when you're vulnerable then you're saying that you know what this is all of me so whether it's you know the abortions or you know like me if i have to I can get into that place without necessarily being Becky where I say here, there, and care. I'm from St. Louis. So I'll be talking, I'll be like, look over her, there, her. Look, <laughs> what are you doing right there? I'm from STL. And so rather than police myself and, and make sure that, you know, the way that I speak is good enough, I just said, hey, what I'm saying is potent and powerful enough that you need to not worry about the her, there, or the cur. You yeah. just need to hear what it is that I'm saying. And so for me, I'm not trying to police myself. I'm very vulnerable. I own my story. And in owning your story, you know that quote that says, you know, our deepest fear is not that we aren't good enough. You know, everybody love the Marion Wilson quote. It's actually one of my favorite ones. But you got to realize that the vulnerability is how you show that you rise above your deepest fear. Because sharing all of the setbacks and all of that stuff shows how you were able to illuminate your light no matter what obstacles came your way, which then gives somebody else permission to illuminate their light and see that they can overcome no matter what. We got enough of the highlight reels on social media. We got enough of the people making it look like, oh, all you got to do is this and, you know, everything is going to be poof like magic and unicorns and all of that stuff. <laughs> but, but what about the people who need the stories of perseverance? Those, those stories are real and those stories are necessary. You don't want to just stay there. You want to talk about greater expectations and, you know, making bold and big moves. But everybody that's done anything great got a story to tell. Thanks for listening to Empower You Podcast. I want to take a second and tell you about a service I've been using that has literally changed my life. Akita Ricks, the founder of SawyerScore.com, helped me erase negative items on my credit score, provided me a clear path to improving my credit, and raised my score by 100 points in the first 90 days. Like, whoa. The best part about all of this is all I had to do was follow instructions. Now, if you're like me and you need a credit bestie, you need to click the link below and schedule your absolutely free discovery call today. Tell them Kidboy sent you. How many days? They, they, they started 17 bits businesses before they started the one they got now. That's what one of the speakers was talking about this weekend. They made 17 flops. Now they started this business and they they launched it in January, hit seven figures by September. But don't you realize that everything they did in all the other, other businesses prepared them mastering marketing, their messaging, understanding, networking, and the audience and the tribe that they built up. We can't forsake every stepping stone and even the mistakes that we made the 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 shitty cards that we were dealt it's not that we say it's not what happens to you it's how you respond to it but then we don't right. want to own the story that we had to respond to yeah yeah and 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 owning the story and the and the and the failures along the way i i believe in in getting things wrong it's hard 
it's hard. I know it is for a lot of folks, for myself included. You know, your ego gets damaged and things like that. But, you know, I, I, I've been giving myself, you know, just something I've been working on is just not caring, you know, doing it because it's the right thing to do, doing it because this is what you feel compelled to do. And for myself, you know, uh, you know, I don't, I don't have any children, I'm single, you know. So there's even less excuse, you know. Anything else is just fear, in my opinion. You know, I understand yeah. you gotta calculate things, you gotta be mindful, but you also have to go with your intuition and understand oh, yeah. that, you know, you're, you're probably right about yourself. You may need help, but you're probably right about yourself. You know what I mean? What was the, yeah? No, I, go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. I'm, I'm good. You good? You good? What was the what? What did you start to notice about your environment when you started to embrace your enoughness? Did you have to change friends? Did you have to change environments? Were you you know? Did you change jobs? Because you know, with big shifts for me, everything in my life changes. I don't be talking to the same people anymore. Folks will write me off. People want to you know drop up out your life or whatever, which is cool. I mean, you people got to do what they got to do, but. I noticed there's always a mass exodus of company, you know, when you really get dialed in. And I think that's one of the reasons why I and maybe other people who are watching this uh, live, why you tend to be the lone wolf, right? It's because you realize every time I level up, everybody drops off anyway. So why should I even try to connect with other people? I'm going to tell you this, with elevation comes separation, period. That's that's ultimately the truth. But you when you start getting around a great tribe, even though people fall off, good people come in. That point will happen where you're like, I'm not alone. I'm not completely alone. The ideal of being alone as an entrepreneur, that has a lot to do with you just developing that tribe and developing good company. I was in St. Louis doing hair, started designing jewelry, was selling jewelry to my clients, and I felt another level of expansion. So for me, the transition, I did have to change location from one city to another. And that was an intuitive move. But then even when I got to that city in particular, there was one cousin that lived there and it was like a rekindling of the relationship. But as long as I was trying to find myself, because it didn't happen immediately. Uh, It was about a little bit over a year, maybe a year and a month after I had been in Houston before I recognized what the call was. I had a good friend that was excited you know, with me, you know, she was like, yeah, girl, you should do it and do your YouTube videos and all of that stuff. She came out dissing after the first couple of videos, not constructive criticism. Trust me, I know the difference. And it, I had a cousin that, you know, it was like, dad, you know, I, and he doesn't he didn't have to do this because people are not supposed to support your business. You're supposed to intentionally build a machine that attracts the people you're supposed to help. But I had a cousin that I just felt like he would support me to the degree that he wanted to. You know, I got you cuz, you know, I'm going to share this. I'm going to share that. But it's like, here's, here's share a video of people skateboarding off of a rail and busting their balls, you know, before he would share my books. And if I would want to talk to him about, you know, my dreams and my vision, that wasn't where his head was at. He was comfortable. He had a job paying him a lot of money. So I couldn't get motivated, you know, or, you know, I could, you know, I would never get discouraged, but it just didn't feel as good, you know, talking to him. So I, you know, I already didn't have that much. So for a season, I was kind of by myself. 
And in that quiet place, I really had to do some soul searching and make sure I knew exactly what I wanted and what I was doing. And then I became a lot more strategic with the kind of people that I was putting in my life in the first place. But even as a coach, you know, there are some things that you you learn as you go. I've had clients that have experienced tremendous results with me, but then they dropped off the face of the earth. And it's like, damn, you know, you already damaged. You got your own trauma. Like you be thinking like, what did I do? And we said after a while, it's like, wait a minute, I didn't do nothing. They came and got what they wanted from me. And now they want to walk around like they did what they did without me. You know, whereas I've had other people that are like, August is the greatest thing that's ever happened to me. And she's been here. So there's even been clients that I've lost. What about when I elevated in my thinking and, you know, you tell the people that, hey, this is the new price point. This is the new direction of the business. And it was like, shoot, I was going to pay you when you was charging this much, but you want how much? And it's like, for real? You know, and so, you know, you, you do find people falling off, but, you know, and even in being in masterminds, everybody's not really going to want to go all the way out. So you'll begin to realize that there are certain people in masterminds that gravitate to, you know, one another. And there are people that say they're all in and then they fall off and they quit. So, yeah, you know, with elevation comes separation. It just comes with the territory. But eventually there are still key people that will always be in your life so that when you need that voice of reason, when you need someone to reach out to, you may not talk to them all the time, but you but you've got that inner circle. You got those people that you can lean in on. So you're not by yourself when it's most critical. Yeah, when it's most critical, I am terrible at at recognizing that I am. You know, you know how like when, you, when your phone is dying, right? And and you and you look up and all of a sudden you on five percent. That's me. Like I'll look up from doing whatever I'm doing or grinding or working or doing whatever, and I'll realize, bro, you haven't ate all day. You're not like you're not taking care of yourself. Um, you know, and and that's a part of enoughness, right? You're in, you're good enough to take a break, bro. You're good enough to go, you know, buy yourself a nice meal and and. You know, it doesn't always have to be just like grueling self-development and work, you know. And so for me, you know, even hearing what you're saying about having the right people in the right moments is so impactful because I do, you know, have people like you, you know, who and I called you a couple weeks ago. Y'all don't know about this, but I called August a couple weeks ago. I was like having a time, y'all. Like I felt like I was just kind of losing my mind a little bit, uh, which happens, you know, when you're when you're going through a process you really do have to grieve the you that used to be you got to let go and empty yourself of a lot of things and sometimes your trauma your your insecurities whatever it is those have been your your riding buddies you've known Mm -hmm. them longer than you've known anything else about yourself so why should i not you know, hold on to these ideas I have about myself, even if they're damaging, right? It's just like bad relationships. I've no, I've, this is what I'm used to. And so um, I called August. It was just incredible. And it was one of those conversations um, where it, it was the right person at the right moment. And I'm learning as I get older and, and trying to and becoming more secure in my own enoughness that you really don't need all that much. You know, you don't. You need work that fulfills you and you need people who who fill your cup. And if those people aren't around you, you got to find them. 
you know, I had to join masterminds and, and things like that in order to find people that fill my cup. Although I do have some really solid friends and people um, who, who live here in Fort Wayne. Um, but it's, it's that process of understanding that you need somebody and you're enough yeah. for somebody to show up for you. That is like a huge uh, issue for me. And I, and I hope if, you know, you're watching this, you know, you'll share with somebody who, who you feel like is going through that as well, because, you know, people who are the strongest tend to suffer a lot in silence. And, um, I definitely, definitely relate to that. What, what was the, how do you pick your community to secure your enoughness? I think that's how I want to say that. I had like a rush of words all of a sudden. How do you? <laughs> no, I got you. You know, how do you pick your community to reinforce that enoughness? You know, even if it, if it's not in business or it's not with you know whatever your industry is, how do you actually cultivate a community that enforces that enoughness? By being authentic. There, there is ev everywhere I am and in everything that I do, I show up as August. And it's funny, right? Because just so people know, I'm open spiritually. I was raised in the church, like I said, major devout Christians. But me, I'm, I'm a spiritual being and I believe that God cannot be put inside of a box. But when I was speaking at the family reunion, you know, I'm speaking to predominantly, you know, super mega maxi save in the name of Jesus, you know, type of people. And so I'm in there and I'm talking and I'm even using the scriptures and doing what I'm doing because I mean, I still, you know, believe in biblical truths. There are some truths. I, I but if you promising me that I'm the head and not the tail, I like that scripture because it's the truth. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But I'm in there and I'm talking and, you know, they were getting excited. And I was like, hey, but before any of y'all get too excited, you know, I know I'm a business coach and all of that. I'm just feeding the family right now for this event. Don't send me no friend requests because half of y'all ain't going to accept it no way because I cuss a lot. I have half of y'all somewhere fasting and praying because you'd be like, oh my God, what's wrong with August? I mean, I said this in the middle of the talk, you know, so it's not like when I'm around them, I want them to see that, you know, August that went to church, remembers the scriptures, you know, that says, you know, all things are working for your good. Yeah, I quote the scriptures, but, you know, I'm the kind of person that I might have said Jesus and shit in the same sentence at the same time. And I feel very good and comfortable at where I'm at. And for somebody that's even listening to your podcast, I'm like, oh my God. Well, guess what? They will not try to be my friend. Why? Because I am being me. And so me being able to be me is why I, part of the reason why I move forward with the mastermind that we're in now, yeah. you know, because think about it. Remember on some of the calls and one of the calls, I was like, hold up. I'm just, you know, like, I'm like one of the coaches. I ain't trying to be funny, but y'all in here saying X, Y, and Z. And when I look in the group, I don't see no post. Y'all wasn't asking for no help. You ain't do this. You ask CEO mentality, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, okay, I don't know if after this over with, they gonna be like we appreciate you trying to empower the tribe however next time perhaps you <laughs> I, you know i'm ready for it because i've experienced it yeah. but that's not what happened and even now i mean i don't always have something to say but weeks ago it happened with another gentleman and i was like hey i ain't even trying to be funny you're looking at this like this whoop, 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 whoop. and he actually came into the group and was like i appreciate the things that august said 
it gave me my mojo back. And then I secured a 15K deal and got 10K up front or something like that just because of what, and, and, the, and the coach's response was power of a mastermind. So that's right. does that mean that people are always going to love me? No. Does that mean they're always going to like everything I say? No, because relationships are real and there are dynamics, but the overall core essence of my being is there. It, it's, it's allowed to be there. And so I do the same thing, you know, even when I'm talking to people, when I'm on my sales call, I'm not sitting there trying to make sure that I'm talking or feel, I'm like, okay, what's up? What's good? You know, you can't like, for instance, on the sales call, you can't be a person that's like, so you ain't got no credit card without sounding like you just trying to make somebody go into debt. Right. But somebody like me might be able to say, because I'll be like, wait a minute. So you came on this call. You told me that you want X, Y and Z and so on and so forth. And you actually got the money available on a card. So you ain't got enough faith that you can actually deploy the tactics that's going to be taught to you so you can pay your credit card bill. You know what I'm saying? Me, I could do that. And not feel bad about saying that because that's how I genuinely feel. I'm not scripted. I'm authentic. So it doesn't matter where you catch me at. You catch me at a birthday party. You catch me if I do go to a church event. You catch me here on your podcast. August shows up as August with all of my opinions, with all of my beauty, with all of my flaws. I'm not perfect. And so and then I pay attention to how people receive me. Mm. And if you receive me, great. And if you don't, I'm not going to try to make you like me. I'm not a people pleaser. So the the likelihood that I have people around me that don't really love me is slim. And if you are faking, you can only fake for so long because I'm going to be so raw and so real and so authentic. It will repulse you to your stomach if you are a fraud. Period. Wow. That's strong. And I think that's so important you know, that we feel and know that we're enough to take up room, even if it makes other people uncomfortable, even if, you know, other people can't, you know, understand where you from or, or what fuels your passion or why you speak the way you do, why you look the way you do, you know, you still are valuable and enough to take up space. That's, that's huge. And, and, and being that way all the time, even though, you know, it sounds simple the way you say it, it's an act of bravery to show up as yourself constantly, you know, and it's something I'm growing into because I grew up being super tolerable, you know, like being yeah. very, and, and I think there's good things about that, but I also have to know what I am and am not going to do, what I am and am not going to take, what I am and am not going to deal with you know and that enoughness has been a journey for me you know that's why i get so inspired I've, I've sent your videos to i don't know how many people just because i'm like i appreciate it because you just be preaching you know and and i think it's so important that we understand like there's a connection between the two you can't build real community unless you are if you unless you do know that you're enough to have real community otherwise like you said you got people around you who are just not truly for you you know you know why a lot of people do that though it, it between uh society religion government education they're like all of these so-called rules of engagement you know what i'm saying that right. exists and, and i want to just share this story i'll make it really brief when i was heavy into the church i was going to this church where there was a pastor who had a PhD in psychology and he actually was very manipulative over the congregation. And so when I realized it, 
I, the short version of it is I met with him to talk to him and in and, and the most polite way, say, I see you, but you know, hey, maybe you're not trying to do this, but maybe, you know, you need to fix it. And it was like, huh? And in the Bible, it says that if you had an issue with a brother, you're supposed to take it to him. And then the second time you're supposed to take a witness. So then I had a, a meeting with him and, you know, one of the ladies that worked at the church didn't know it was his baby mama. That's a whole nother other oh. story. Yeah, this is a messy story. Um, But I, you know, but I'm trying to call, I'm trying to exercise, you know, sound biblical principles. And so one weekend, it was on a Thursday, I felt it in my spirit that I was supposed to do an absolute fast. And so that meant no water, no, no food. Only time water touched my mouth was when I brushed my teeth. And I did. It was the first time I ever did anything like that. And I knew it had something to do with this pastor. I got all these like different confirmations, people that I didn't even know that were saved that I used to club with, you know, saying, hey, I was reading the Bible. I read this passage about speak the truth and such and such and such. And so it was confirmation for me that whatever dialogue I was going to have with this pastor, I was supposed to have it, but I was scared. Right. And this, you know, cause the fear, fear will make your authenticity disappear. Cause you got to realize this is a bold move to even bring something like this to a pastor of a church. I should be nervous, right? Am I enough to say something to him? Have I studied enough of the Bible? How many years, how smart is he? And you know, I'm not even in my, you know, barely, I think I'm, I'm barely not, I'm not even 30 yet. You know what I'm saying? And so I read the scripture in a Bible and the short version of it is Paul had said he had to withstand the disciple Peter because of the way that he was discriminating against the Gentiles in the church. And I read the scripture and I was like, Oh God, I get it. I shouldn't be afraid to say something to him because he's supposed to be more seasoned. Peter, Peter walked with Jesus. He walked on water. He was there when he got arrested. He's the church the rock was built on. You know what I'm saying? And he had all of these experiences and Paul only been saved after some incident on Damascus Road for like a couple of years, right? And so he should be a novice and Peter should be like, dude, you won't know nothing. But Paul had to check him because of the way he was treating members of God's house, his family, the people. And when I got it, I was like, oh, so age, the bias of age disappeared for me. And me and him actually had a dialogue in which, unfortunately, that's a whole nother story that the congregation was privy to. But I didn't have any fear and I stood in my authenticity and stood in the truth because I had gotten a spiritual revelation. And so a lot of times now, and I brought this up for a reason, all of these dots gonna connect. I'm gonna condense this story so it's not too long. (laughs) A lot of times, especially with women, they do not show up authentically because usually they gotta address their trauma. We've been talking about being vulnerable, owning your story and all of this stuff. So like really think about this and put it all together. But if your mother allowed your daddy to abuse you or was your biggest competitor, because there are a lot of women that deal with moms that are jealous of them coming out and being authentic and standing in their power, even if they don't tell their story, could have their mother looking at them like, oh, wait a minute. So you shining now? Because they, you know what I'm saying? So they don't want to speak their truth or they don't want to show up. And so it's the age dynamic. It becomes the hierarchy of the family and who's the elder and so on and so forth. So there's all kinds of reasons why people don't show up as their authentic self. So even fast forward, once again, I spoke at the family reunion and one of my aunts was like, you know, I was always worried about you, August. And I'm just so proud of the woman that you became. And me and her actually had a private conversation And I was like, hey, 
you're an entrepreneur just like me. When you were selling silver, you called me. When you was doing the deregulation of utility companies all the way back in the day, I was barely, you called me. Every time you had an entrepreneurial thing, you obviously saw something in me that you wanted to know if I wanted to be in your downline, but you never called me and said, how are you doing? How are your children? How is your marriage? You a young lady. I know you staying on your phone. You need, you need, I mean, on your own. Do you need anything? I said, so I ain't gonna even lie to you, auntie. I was kind of put back now that we in private by the fact that you said that to me. Oh my God, I'm so concerned about you, but I'm proud of the woman that you became. You don't have a right to say that to me because you never exercised any concern. And, you know, and I and, and I didn't necessarily say it as rough, but I did use those words and I explained it to her. I said, you're no different than the rest of the family that was not there. Nobody checked on me. I've been doing this journey without y'all for a very, very long time. Now, I'm cool. I'm not mad at anybody. That's why I was able to facilitate, you know, with the family reunion and all of these things. Somebody else would have been like, oh, my God, you said that I did. And you want to know what happened? We talked on the phone for about an hour with her understanding more about me and just saying, man, after all that you went through and to know that, you know, this happened and that happened and now I'm putting the bullet points together. She didn't feel disrespected or slighted because I wasn't disrespectful. I honored my truth. And so you have to set the standard. You teach people how to treat you. So I'm telling y'all, when I say that I'm authentic and I show up as me, it doesn't even mean that I'm perfect. If I make a mistake, I will also authentically go back and apologize. But there's there's no big eyes and no little use. Respect is respect. It doesn't have an age. It doesn't have a color. It doesn't have a spiritual denomination. If you if you want it, you have to require it. And when people show you that they will do otherwise, you don't even be mad at them. You keep it pushing. That could have been the last conversation that she and I would have. I'm positive that it is not. Yeah. Wow. It it seems, it seems so difficult though, August, because I feel like you get really punished by your family or by anybody who you care about the moment you establish boundaries. You, you know, the moment you say, this is who I am, this is how I'm going to be, this is how it's going to be, this is how I'm running my life, you know, you you get, it's a, it's like a punishment that happens. People, people will either stop supporting you or they'll stop, you know, being, you know, whatever they were to you. And I think that's, that's a really difficult thing for people to um, to really combat because, you know, we all are humans and we desire connection on some level. And so when you establish those boundaries and people uh, rebuke you, for lack of a better term, because now they can't treat you how they want. I think sometimes it's easy. I understand it probably is not the best, but it sometimes it seems easier to just let people feel how they want to about you and you continue to just get whatever you were getting out of the situation. Do you ever run into that with any of your clients or the people? Oh, heck. Heck yeah. But the question is, are they really supporting you or are they really supporting the image of looking like a good person? Mm. My, 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 my family used to do that. You know, they would tell me, but it's the truth. There are certain members in my family that would call me stupid and tell me I ain't have common sense behind closed doors. I was going to grow up to be the kind of woman that needs somebody else's man. But let there be an event and they needed me to be the, oh yeah, I didn't, I didn't heard some things. But let there be an event and they need me to be the speaker there. Oh my God, you know August, she's so articulate, she's so smart, she got photographic memory, then they start, why? Because then they get to tout that that's 
I'm in their family. You're, you're the such and such person that helped raise me or something of that nature. So was it really for me or was it really for them? And, you know, and so, yeah, of course the boundaries come up and it does feel like a punishment. If you don't have faith and believe that you can actually develop new relationships, you know, people say that they would rather embrace the, you know, the devil that they got in their life rather than the potential one that they don't know or they don't see. Nobody wants to embrace the unknown, but that's also you not believing that you are as much as required to attract a different set of people that will respect those boundaries and love you where you're at. There's an, I personally believe that it's ingrained in us that there is an emotional attachment. See, for me, it's one of those things where if Kim can't do this to me, then why can my mother do it to me? Is it because of the label of mother? So for me, I take off labels. I don't care if you grandma, auntie, sister, cousin, slash, whatever. The behavior that you've exercised, is it okay? And so a lot of times people don't understand that if you don't set the bar, if you don't call people to a higher level of behavior towards you, then they will co- continue to surrender to what they're used to as well. You know, I actually had probably about three years. My grandmother, you know, rest in peace now, rest in power, where I did not have a relationship with her because she would not respect those boundaries. But something happened and she reached out to me and she was like, I want you to come around. And there was a big old thing with my grandfather being sick and all of that stuff. I said, we got to have a private conversation. I was like, well, your daughter did this to me. You had something to say. But if a chick named Keisha on the street did the same thing to me, it would have been horrible. With my, your daughter is be happy you got an auntie. With this person to be like, oh, no, she didn't. I said, I just need you to either let us be adults and handle it, or I need you to be the true matriarch of the family and speak to what's true and to speak to what's just. And I talked to her about a couple of things where she stood in the gap for the family, where I felt left out, why I felt left out, you know, even after I, you know, apologized and owned up for, you know, cause I had an attitude, you know, I had bad behavior. My mama gave me up when I was 18 months. I'm not safe talking like I was some victim and everything was wrong with me. Even after all of the years of apologizing and trying, I was like, wait a minute, now that I'm correcting my behavior, I'm not stuck in these relationships because that's what happens. You know, like in a marriage, if the husband is, you know, abusive and you say something smart, you'll be like, well, if I didn't say something smart, you then you find a way to own it. So I took my my bitterness out of the equation so that I wouldn't have to own the negativity in the relationship. So I was able to withdraw. But when I came back, I said, Granny, I can stay around. But I got to know that you will always put put your best effort forward to be true, not be perfect. Once again, to my to my surprise, my grandmother cried. She apologized. She acknowledged what she did. She told me that she understood and she never did those things again. But who's willing to take that chance? Yeah, because it's your grandma. I didn't I, I didn't disrespect her. I just, I isolated myself from people just treat me like I'm a punching bag. I can't take that many hits. And then when the opportunity came back around for me to be in the midst of the family, I said, these are the terms. And it was either for it to be accepted or not accepted. Me and my grandmother had terms. I was in communication with her, not with everybody else as much, because I understood that you can't be around August unless you're going to love me. Not be perfect with me, but you got to love me because I'm going to love you. I'm not going to be perfect, but you're never going to judge my intentions. 
you're going to always say her heart is in the best spot and that by far everything that she did was as close to being an appropriate action versus like, well, I know you meant good, but this was stupid. I, that ain't going to be me. Yeah. Yeah. Oof. That's, that's so much courage there. You know, I, I think that's what I keep coming back to is, is the, the, you have to take the enoughness, you know, it's not something you, you have to, it's an active, um, motion of, of, of claiming your enoughness, even when you're not sure, or even when, you know, you, you are, what was the term again? As much as required, right? Isn't that the term? Yes. Yes, that as is much so as required. powerful to me because we can go through any number of things in our life that, you know, that can reinforce feelings of insecurity or lack or or anything, you know. And so understanding and actively participating in the the thought that I am as much as as is required. That's just so powerful, you know, and for for myself you know as as i continue to to learn and grow i'm okay with it like i'm i'm if 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 it means i can't do something or someone doesn't want to be around me or you know i i can't live without the boundaries and i'm learning to add more and more and more you know because of just what you said you know it's like are you really here for me or are you here for you that was that was deep I think all of us, anybody watching this, you know, think about the people who are in your life. Are they there for you or are they there for them? Because they just want to, um, you know, kind of ride for free off of your energy or your popularity or your talents or your brightness or whatever it is that's special about you. You know, like people just want pieces of you and they but they don't want to nourish you. I just think that's that's so good oh my goodness that's so good i gotta listen back to this like a couple times you just be laying it out listen so we have to wrap up eventually just because it's part of the it's part of the process but right (laughs) um, (laughs) i want you to do two things for me one um i want you to give us a thought exercise I want you to give us a thought exercise because when when we're listening to this stuff and we're just going about our daily, I mean, somebody might have their phone propped up on the counter, you know, they're washing dishes or or doing whatever. You know, I want us to really start to to practice implementing mentally and emotionally the things that we need, because once we get that awareness built in, we can start to identify things. Things don't look the same anymore, you know, just because you're you're starting to build that awareness. And the next thing I want you to do is really tell us how we can get a hold of you, how anybody for who's watching this live can connect with you and, and work with you or or just be in your presence because you have a very healing, direct, um, transparent way of presenting hard truths. And we need that. That's one of the things we do uh, with Empower You Podcast is we have tough, tough conversations um, and because we have to pave the path. We And there's many paths, right? But more times than not, the ones we need to be following are the ones that are not paved, right? There's all these acceptable things we're supposed to do. And some, and you know, and we, we live these acceptable lives 
that really don't equate to anything. You know, you still dealing with the same trauma you dealt with when you were 16. You know, how, how, what does it matter whether you married and got children now? Like, what are you pouring into your kids? You know what I'm saying? Like, and, and even for myself, you know, I'm, I coach people and I help people, you know, but I have to understand constantly that my first priority is to keep, keep pouring into myself because that's the only way I can truly be of service to other people. And that requires having boundaries. That requires cultivating a very mindful uh, group of people around me. And that, you know, that's bravery. So how do, what's our thought exercise and how do we get a hold of you? I want people to go into the past. So there's this, um, book called the power of now and it talks about how you need to be in the now but whether we want to admit it or not most of us are so eager to get away from our current situation in life we want to get to the future i can't stand it now i gotta go ahead and make multiple six figures in my business or you're constantly running from your past you don't want to be around anything like it because your family your situations remind you like of all of the failures and things that went wrong and so i want everyone to take make a habit of looking at a time in your life, possibly when you have had the greatest level of resentment, anger, felt like you were alone or anything negative that you can think of and say, I'm going to intentionally find the positive side to this. So I could go back, for instance, and look in the past and say, you know what? I remember when I wanted to get a car. My grandparents signed for co-signed for cars and houses for everybody. Here it was. I had been responsible paying my own bills. They would not do it for me. Rather than focus on the fact that, look at them, see, I'm the black sheep and the person I want to support. I'm like, you know what? I remember how I found that job that I needed really quick to earn the money to do the down payment. I remember walking all the way from my house for two miles to get to a metro link because I lived in the suburbs. After I found this job, there was no bus that would get me there. I could catch that bus and get all the way out to go I mean, take my daughter to daycare and then catch the bus to go go to school. I did that for 90 days and I did something all all the way back in 1997 that people wouldn't have been able to done. And I bought a car and only had a job for 90 days. There were no buy here, pay here lots. And so then when I think about that story, I'm going to say to myself, so what does that say about me? I'm relentless. If I want something, even if people tell me no, or they won't help me, I'm going to get it anyway. I got a job. I mean, I got a car in the time frame that most laws and stuff wouldn't allow. So that means I'm the kind of person that defies the odds, you know, and I want you to like really look at the essence of what you went through and how you overcame it. Only focus on you and then whatever you're dealing with in your life, think about it and say, okay, so I've already proven through my own experience that I'm relentless and I'm going to get what I want, even if people tell me no, and that I can defy the odds. So if I'm struggling with something in my business and it looks like it's not working, oh, I'm going to be able to do this because I'm not going to stop until I get it. And if it looks like things are going against me because of, you know, my ad strategy or the competition, even though I'm only supposed to be looking at myself, I'm still going to knock it out the park and I'm going to stay consistent without tripping off the time because at the end of the day, I'm going to defy the odds anyway. Mm. It's going to happen sooner, faster than I could have. Because you know what? That's the mark that's on my life. 
That's what happens all the time. So that's what I do on a regular basis. When I find myself coming up against something, I'll be like, wait a minute. So you don't remember back in the day when you got the job making this kind of money or when you stepped in your power, you raised your prices. Don't you remember you were braiding hair and you lost two clients, but you got five? Girl, go ahead and raise your prices in your business now, because even if the new clients, the clients that you thought were going to upgrade and renew their contracts don't, that means you got two, three, you're going to get twice as many people that's going to come and accept your new rate. You have your your past experience. I mean, we shouldn't forget our past. We need to reapproach our past and have a different perspective on a more positive light of what the past actually means because then we begin to see what we're capable of. We get to see what the divine has truly spoken over our lives. And I don't care. You give me the ugliest situation. I will show you the sweet spot in it. If I can do it, you could do it for yourself. So that's the mindfulness exercise. Think about something that you overcame. Go ahead and pick the ugliest. Look at all of the characteristics you had to exhibit to overcome it. Now take those characteristics, the words that you come up to describe yourself and speak life into your current situation, personal, professional, relationship wise or whatever, because you've got internal proof. So it's not a it's not a Bible quote. It's not up a made it's not a made up affirmation. When you speak these words, it's gonna trigger something in your energy because you're speaking directly from your own life, which means the affirmations will have a more a, a greater impact. So that's that's the mindfulness exercise. Uh it's you want to I'm gonna stop. You want to say something? Oh more? my goodness. Like that's so much. That is that is so much and it's so powerful, you know, because you know, I can only speak for myself. You know, you do really have moments in your life that you just don't forget, you know, and then a lot of them are sometimes are very negative, you know, and you felt a certain type of way. And I'm the type of person I'm going to go through whatever, but I'm never going to forget how you acted. I'm just never going to forget yeah. it. And we could be cool yeah. and everything like that. But just know that I know. And. I feel that way about myself too. So I didn't turn that on myself and I'm just like, bro, remember when you did this? Like, I don't even forget the things that I do. So to think about them in a different way, like look at how you overcame that situation in spite of everything else. You know, now now yeah. attach yourself to that. Like that's, it's a game changer. Man, don't think about how they tried to play you and use yeah. with racism and you didn't get the scholarships. <laughs> think about how even though you went through all the BS and had to write the papers and maybe call the news, how at the end of the day you was the one that was you was the fixer. You got it done. Yeah. You, you gotta see what's possible versus seeing all the obstacles that came at you. Don't look at the obstacles, look at how you overcame because you're constantly overcoming something, yeah. which is technically overcoming yourself. So if you want to see what you're capable of doing, show the association. And if you do this with enough stories, you're going to begin to see that. Yeah. So I can, I got 51 million stories about how I've been relentless in my life. Like I don't call myself that. Just like the thing with the pastor where I was raw and real. These are not just made up words that sound cute. And because it's alliteration, I think it's marketable or something. I got stories to tell where that, that line up with it. And then when you see me in my current action and I guarantee you, when you see it in my future actions, you will be like, yep, that's her. She is Mrs. Raw, real and relentless. I'm, 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 I'm speaking who I am. I'm not making something up. That's amazing. Oh, my goodness. Y'all got some homework today. Y'all got some yes, homework. Sir. Oh, my gosh. This has been incredible. 
Thank like, you. I appreciate the opportunity. Oh my goodness. Anytime. Anytime. Y'all just wait till I put some conferences together. Y'all, y'all not I'm even dead. ready. Y'all listen. I'm Folks not even ready, August. They I'm down. Listen. I am so down. <laughs> so listen, how do we get a hold of you? How do we follow you? How do we work with you? There's ladies, a lot, especially ladies in Fort Wayne, who are who are wrestling with some things and they got their own businesses and things like that. How do they tap in? Absolutely. The shortest, quickest way, if you are already interested, you know, then you go to workwithaugust.com and it don't make a difference. I got it if they spell the name wrong, but it's August with an E, A-U-G-U-S-T-E.com. But go there, look at the case study video. You feeling it, you vibing with it, then we'll we'll talk from there. But if you're like, okay, let me just see, you want to do a little bit more due diligence, then those of you that are watching on Facebook, go ahead and click the link. Uh, but if you Google me, then you're going to see I'm everything August Crenshaw. The only where only place I'm not August Crenshaw is on Twitter. I'm created 75, but my Twitter account, all of those things should um, come up. Uh, you, I've got a podcast, Real Women Don't Bitch. At the end of the day, yeah. if you just if you <laughs> if you research, if you just Google August Crenshaw, you're gonna find me. You're gonna find me on Instagram. You're gonna find me on LinkedIn. You're gonna find me on Facebook. I am on Facebook more than anywhere else. That's my main wheelhouse. I do a lot of wild live videos. And that's where you'll be able to engage me the most to really get a feel for me. But yeah, August Crenshaw, all things August Crenshaw. Listen, and she's tagged in this video. So go ahead and send her a follow and and write her a note. Post something in the comments and just say thank you. Um, There's a lot of of, you got to go to the places emotionally, mentally, spiritually and come back with the type of insight that August has. You don't just arrive with it. You go through something to get it. And then you you show other people. And that's what I think is so valuable because you don't got to do that. You know, like you can definitely take all the information and the wisdom that you have and keep it to yourself and just work. And But you, you, you know that that's part of your purpose is to give to other people. And Absolutely. so at the very least, we can slide over there and, and, and just say thank you um, and show you a follow. Um, again, that's August Crenshaw everywhere. Thank you so, so, so much for being here. Thank this you. Incredible. I love it. Well, I'm excited. I appreciate it. Thank you for letting me pour into your tribe. Uh, This is part of what I really, truly love to do. And so I'm hoping that you all are blessed and pleased. The part where I was speaking about the thought exercise, listen to it like five or six times so you don't miss the instruction. You're like, oh, all she said was, no, like really, really listen, because I want you all to internalize it. I gave you a, a brief snippet of something that I take people through. But it, it is a game changer. We change the way we see ourselves. We change the way we show up. We change the world. Yeah. Period. Absolutely. Oh, absolutely. Okay, y'all. We got homework. We need to go say hey to August. Tell her thank you. And we also need to do this thought exercise. I know I'm going to do it because I got the, the The more efficiently I can get past my own issues the quicker and the more efficiently I can show up for myself, for other people I care about. And that's the real joy, right? Is, is to be healed, yeah. you know? Yeah. Yes, big so, facts. Thank you all so much for being here. Um, August, any any last words before we shut this thing down? Nah, I'm good. We've been to start a whole nother yeah. other conversation. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I'm going to see you 
Thursday, right? Yeah, uh, Friday and Saturday. Friday is it Saturday. Thursday? Friday? I'm gonna be yeah, in town on Thursday. Yeah, I, I got. I'm my, I'm top heavy at the beginning since we're not okay. gonna be. I'll I'll be there Friday morning though. We'll be at the mastermind meeting. That, it's going down. I know. I can't wait. I will see you there. Thank you so, 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 so much. To everybody out there, make sure you like, share, subscribe. Go to August Page. Tell her thank you. And uh, we're going to see y'all in another episode, probably next week. All right? Thank you. We'll talk to you later. Peace. Empower You podcast is devoted to bringing real world wisdom and encouragement to our listeners. We discuss a multitude of life principles and the process from an economic, cultural and societal perspective. We believe that through tough conversations and shared wisdom, we can pave the path and leave a ladder for the future. Subscribe to our channel and let us empower you.